0: Enjoy the message. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16, the Battle of Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through 16. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon. Remember, the dragon is who? Satan. Out of the mouth of the beast, who was the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the world to gather them for the battle. Say battle. Battle. For the battle on the great day of God Almighty. And then Jesus, in parentheses here, he makes this statement in this passage. He says, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that he may may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Verse 16. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew... It's called Armageddon, Armageddon. Last week, I preached to you a message that I titled The Antichrist, and today, with the Spirit of the Lord helping me, I want to take the next few minutes and talk to you about the battle of Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon. Now, keep in mind a few things here. Everything that we've been learning and seeing in Revelation Through the great tribulation, the seven seals that Jesus opened, the seven bowls of judgment, everything that you've seen through the great tribulation, it all leads up to this final battle. This final battle that is called the battle of Armageddon. Most people believe that Armageddon is the final battle that will be between good and evil. The final battle, many people believe, will be that fight that's against good and evil. When Ronald Reagan was president of the United States, he saw so much conflict going on in the Middle East that he made this personal entry into his diary. And he said, sometimes I wonder if we are destined to witness Armageddon. Three weeks later, on June the 7th, President Reagan heard that Israel had bombed the nuclear reactors in Iraq, and he wrote in his diary again, I swear, I believe Armageddon is near. What does the Bible tell us about Armageddon? Well, really, this word battle here is not the correct word. If you were to research that word, it really means a campaign. It's a campaign of the Antichrist, and the battle of Armageddon, the campaign at the end of time, will be this final move of the Antichrist to destroy Israel. The Bible says that near the very end of the seven years of the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist, who has deceived people into thinking that he is a man of peace, he is going to show his true colors and he is going to turn on the Jews. You hear my word on that? He's going to turn on the Jews. And one of the reasons why he will uh, turn on the Jews and why he'll be so outraged against Israel is because during the great tribulation, and many of you have already read this, If you've been studying this book, you see that during the Great Tribulation, God raises up 144,000 Jews who will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And these 144,000 Jews will begin to preach the gospel. They'll begin to preach Jesus, and they will preach against the Antichrist. And not only will these 144,000 be raised up, but there will be two witnesses also raised up. Most Bible scholars believe that those two witnesses are Moses and Elijah. But whoever they are, we know this for sure. They're going to have a very powerful and public ministry against the Antichrist. And the Antichrist, this man who is empowered by Satan, he will be so outraged and so angry that he'll do whatever he has in his power to destroy Israel. The Antichrist will use his demonic schemes and he'll use those schemes to convince a a global confederation of nations to come together... And he's going to blame the Jews for everything that's going wrong in the world during that time. Everything that's happening through the great tribulation. The Antichrist is going to deceive this confederation of nations. And he's going to say all that's happening is because of the Jews. It's their fault. It's their fault. And the Antichrist will rally these nations together. And they will unite in a global military. And they'll have one mission in mind. And that is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Now, how many of you know that Antichrist spirit is already alive and well today? It's already alive and well today. Uh, Nations are being convinced through this Antichrist spirit that Jews need to be wiped off the face of the earth. Just a year or two ago, we had uh, one of the Iranian leaders who said publicly right there in the television, on the media, that Israel should be wiped off the map. We see the Antichrist spirit working through the United Nations. We see the, the Antichrist spirit working through the European Union and China and Russia. Listen to me, please. There is already an Antichrist work at, taking place rallying these nations who will come together and form an alliance, and their one mission is to come against Israel and destroy Israel. That's why it's so vital today. Please hear me, that God help us here in the United States, that we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. God help us to stand with Israel. God help us to, to stand with Israel. God help us to bless Israel. God help the church to stand with Israel. God help us to pray for Israel, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And by the way, this church, my First P.H. Church, we support Israel. We support Israel. Just a couple of years ago, we actually planted a church. We planted a church from this church in Israel, and we continue to support that church in Israel, and we stand with them and we pray for them. God, thank you. So let me just ask you a few questions here, and then we're going to move on. What does the Bible say about Armageddon? Out of those verses I just read to you, the first thing I want you to see here is the stage will be set for war. The stage will be set. In verse 16, it says, they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Armageddon. Now, Armageddon, listen to me. It's not really a battle. I've tried to explain that to you. It is, and it's not. It's not really a battle. Armageddon is a battlefield. It's a battlefield. It's a place. That word Armageddon actually means the the mountain of Megiddo. Not ghetto, but Megiddo. The the mountain of Megiddo, that's what that word Armageddon, it means. And it's located in, in the valley of Jezreel in Israel. Let me show you a picture of it right here. That, that, is the, that is Armageddon. That right there, if you're looking from here, we would be on the Mount of Megiddo and we're looking down over the Valley of Jezreel and that is Armageddon. That is the place of Armageddon. That valley right there is 14 miles wide and 20 miles long. And many ancient battles have been fought there throughout the history of Israel. The Bible tells us that Satan or the Antichrist He's going to come and he's going to to unite this global military and they're going to stage right there. Listen to me. Mark the words. The Bible says it, that there's going to come a day when millions and millions and millions of soldiers and uh, armies are going to stage right there, which that's about 50 miles from Jerusalem, and they're going to surround Israel. And their mission is going to be to wipe Israel off the map. They're going to come against Israel. In Zechariah twelve three. Zechariah, he prophesied about this in the Old Testament. And he said this in Zechariah 12, verse 3. He says, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. All the nations, the, the, the Antichrist is going to convince these nations of the world to, to form an alliance. And they're going to gather against Israel. And at the great tribulation, the Antichrist, toward the end of the great tribulation, the Antichrist and this global army, they're going to gather right there in that valley I just showed you, and they're going to surround Israel. And Israel's going to be surrounded, and they're going to see that there's no hope for victory for them. It's going to appear like the Antichrist is winning. Because listen to what Zechariah says in Zechariah 4.2. He says, the nations will gather to Jerusalem and fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses will be ransacked, and the women will be ravaged. Half of the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. Israel will be there, and they're going to be surrounded by the enemy, and they're going to lose all hope. It's going to look like there's no way for them to have victory. you got the kings from the east, the kings from the north, and different nations that have surrounded them, and it's going to appear to be over. But then Zechariah tells us in chapter 10, that something amazing happens. The Jews, they start to weep and they start to cry and they cry out to Jesus. They cry out to Jesus for help. They cry out to the one they pierced. They cry out to the one they rejected. When all hope was gone, the Jews cried out to Jesus. In the final battle, they cried out to Jesus. What a lesson for us today. Listen, friend, when all hope seems to be gone for you in your life, cry out to Jesus. When you're in a battle of your life, cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. This Antichrist and and his global army, they have Israel surrounded. It's the final battle. It looks like all hope is gone. They cry out to Jesus. And at that moment, at that moment, the Savior Jesus comes to the rescue. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? Jesus comes to the rescue. John sees Jesus coming to the rescue in Revelation 19:11. He says, "Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and he makes war." Jesus comes. Listen, he comes when all hope looks like it's gone. When it looks like there's no chance of survival and no victory and no hope. Jesus comes when it looks like it's all gone. Aren't you thankful that Jesus comes in the nick of time? He comes in the nick of time. How many of you are thankful that Jesus is always on time? He's always on time. God's timing is perfect. We serve an on-time God. And the Bible says here, John, in Revelation, he says Jesus will come. He's going to come. And he's going to wage war against his enemies in righteousness. And the Bible says what a terrifying thing it is to fall into hands of a living God. What a terrifying thing it's going to be for these enemies and those on the earth who have rejected Jesus Christ. What a terrifying thing it will be to fall into hands of a living God. Jesus will come back. He says in verse 15, he says, I will come as a thief. He's going to come suddenly. He's going to come unexpected. And he's going to come, and he's going to come with his army, the saints, which is his church. And he's going to set up his kingdom on this earth, and he's going to rule, and he's going to reign. Hallelujah. Mark my words, friends. Jesus is coming back. Listen. During this time, the world would mock and scoff at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The atheists and the agnostic, they're going to deny that Jesus is never going to come back in the second coming. Satan and his army will try to stop the coming of Christ. But listen to me, no one or nothing will ever stop Jesus from coming back in his power and his glory to rule and to reign. I don't care who it is. Hallelujah. Zechariah, in the Old Testament, he knew this. He said this in Zechariah 14, 4. He gave prophecy here, and he says, On that day, his feet, the Lord's feet, are going to stand on the Mount of Olives, not in Mount Olives, but the Mount of Olives, On that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives will split apart making a wide valley running east to west. Listen to me and mark my words. Through the prophecy of the Bible there will be a day when the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ lands here on this earth right there at the Mount of Olives and there's going to be a great earthquake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to come back in power and glory. Now I've never been over the Israel before but I... If you've got any kind of um, Bible study programs or anything like that, you can look at pictures, you can do virtual tours. Tony Evans is getting ready to come out with a, uh, a, a virtual tour for the Holy Land. Listen to this. If, if you were standing on the Mount of Olives where one day Jesus' feet are going to plant and the ground is going to split, if you were standing right there on the Mount of Olives and you were looking back toward the city of Jerusalem, you're going to see a, a, a gate called the Eastern Gate, which is the main entrance into Jerusalem. And prophecy says that one day the Messiah the Messiah is going to walk through that eastern gate and he's going to come into Jerusalem and he's going to sit on this throne and he is going to rule and he's going to reign. The Jews, the Jews are familiar with this prophecy and not only are the Jews familiar with it, but many other people are familiar with it, so much so that in the early 1500s there was this evil man who was motivated by the Antichrist. His name was Suleiman the Magnificent. He decided that he was going to stop this prophecy from happening. He decided that he was going to prevent this prophecy from happening. So what did he do? Suleiman the Magnificent went in there to the eastern gate, and he sealed that gate with 16 feet uh, of concrete to seal the gate, and then he put a cemetery down in front. Let me show you right there it is. If you were looking from the Mount of Olives back into Jerusalem at the eastern gate, that main entrance into the city... There's a gate there called the Eastern Gate, and Suleiman has filled that gate and sealed it with 16 feet thick of concrete. And down below, you can't really see it, but there's a graveyard there because he said there's no way that any man can make it through that gate right there. And if he is a man that's holy, he'll never walk through a a graveyard. How many of you know today that Suleiman never read Psalm 24? Where it says, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts, and He is the King of glory. Hallelujah. No concrete, no door, no graveyard is going to stop our Lord from coming through and he will set up his kingdom and he will rule and reign and he will defeat Satan's soldiers. Glory. Glory. He is the king of glory. Oh. Take that, Suleiman! Jesus comes back victorious and Jesus comes back as the conquering king. He comes back with his church. And Antichrist and his army is defeated. Can I remind you again this morning that Armageddon reminds us that we win? Armageddon reminds us that we win. And also this, I want to just make this very practical here for just the next few minutes and then we're going to pray. How does Armageddon impact my life today? How does Armageddon impact my life today? Let me tell you this. We war before we win. We war before we win. Some of you were up here at this altar this morning warring. You're in warfare. We war before we win. The battle of Armageddon reminds us that we will have wars in this life. Our Christian walk is compared to warfare. We have a real enemy. Listen to me. You have a real enemy. His name is Satan, and he hates Christians. He has declared war on you. He's declared war on the church. And Satan and his army of demons, they will do everything possible to surround you, to assault you, to attack you with the hope of doing one thing, to defeat you and destroy you. I want to just remind you today, friend, that we are in warfare, and war has been declared on you. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. We're not on the playground. We're on the battleground. And as Christians, you need to know today, friend, there is spiritual warfare going on in our lives. And there always will be as long as we're walking here on this earth until Jesus comes back. So how do we respond to the warfare? We war before we win. How do we respond? We must stay in the war to win it. We must stay in the war to win. You can't win it if you're not in it. You can't win it if you're not in it. How how in the world can we win in the war if we're not in the war? Listen to me. Jesus is coming back. There will be a second coming of Christ, and he's going to come back, and we win. So we must stay in the war. Listen to me, friend, whoever you are this morning, and I'm speaking to myself. The Spirit of God has already encouraged me. Stay in the fight. Stay in the race. Stay focused on Jesus. Stay faithful. Stay encouraged. Stay hopeful. Stay prayed up. Stay praised up. Stay preached stuff whatever you do stay faithful to the lord because quitting is not an option giving up is not an option good soldiers never give up good soldiers even if they're wounded even if they're bruised even if they're broken good soldiers they fight the good fight you cannot give up friend you got to keep holding on stay in the war it's going to be worth it Don't become discouraged and don't give up. Listen, retreat is not an option for Christians. Retreat is not an option. I know y'all are going to think bad of me, but one of my favorite movies in the whole world, well, there's several, but this one here is The Patriot. Have you ever seen the movie The Patriot? Put that picture up for me right there. It's not the best picture right there. I always visualize that's me running right there. You know what I'm saying? I'd be somewhere hiding probably. This this movie, The Patriot. It's kind of a it's kind of a bloody movie, but it's it's a great movie about the American Revolutionary War. And this guy here is Mel Gibson. He plays a guy named Benjamin Martin, I believe it is, and and he's a farmer and he's also a veteran. And there's the war breaks out and they're fighting for their freedom and against the uh, British Army and, and and so he goes into this battle here and one of his final battle, this final battle in this scene right here in the movie uh his, his uh, comrades in their army, the militia there, they're, they're, they're running in the wrong way. They're retreating. They're falling down. They've taken hits. And it looks like that we're going to give up. It looks like we're going to lose it all. And, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Benjamin Martin, he grabs that flag, the flag of freedom, and he begins to run toward the enemy and run into the battle. And when those around him that have fallen and have been hit, they see him running, they get up, and they start fighting again. And I was thinking, man, isn't that so inspiring to all of us that that you know what? God's people, we we take hits, we get wounded, we're broken sometimes, but we got to take the flag of faith and we got to keep running to the prize. We got to keep running, we got to keep fighting. It's worth it, friend. It's worth it. Hallelujah. So you keep going this morning, whoever you are. You keep going because it's worth it. Retreating is not an option. How many of you are in a battle today? Lift your hand. Come on, let's be honest. If you don't have your hand up you're a liar liar pants on fire <laughs> listen we have warfare and weapons available to us to fight these battles we're in listen to me carefully church please listen to me here our warfare is not hate do you hear me our weapons is not hate. Our, our weapons is not prejudice. Our weapons is not attack and assault. Our weapons is not slander. Our weapons are not violence. Our weapons for the warfare that we in are prayer and fasting and love and truth and the gospel and hope and light. And may God make us soldiers of love and soldiers of light, even in the darkness that we see going on around us. Help us in this dark time for the church to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's that's our warfare right there. That's our weapons right there. And I'm not minimizing what you're going through. I know people have been hit. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, please. I know people have been hit. In that movie there, people were laid out everywhere, hit. I I read a story this week about a guy named, uh, I think his name was Joey Sambrino. This guy was in the Iraq War. He was shot 13 times in one battle. 13 times and and, and he still kept going but he took some hits along the way in the battle how many of y'all had some hits along the way in the battles and we get hit we get hit we get hit had a great opportunity just a few weeks ago to speak to my son lucas his middle school football team they're 13 14 maybe 15 years old I appreciate, uh, Coach, if he's watching this morning, I appreciate uh, Coach Anderson giving me that opportunity to go and speak to those boys. It was very humbling to be able to speak to them. One of the questions I asked those young boys on the football team, have you ever been hit hard? And they all, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've all been hit hard. Well, the last game of the season, they, they call me in to pray over these boys because we play Wallace. The conference champs. It's like the last rites type thing, you know. Lord, bless them, be with them. Hey, we go in there and we're playing Wallace. I go to that devotion, I ask him about being hit and how we got to get back up in life. But it's all about the choices you make and how you respond. And and we went into that game, and toward the end, I mean, we're getting crushed. These guys are huge; we're small. And one of the little boys on the North Duplin team, he went in the game. I can't remember his name. If Lucas was here, he could help me. He went into the game. I saw him go in. He don't play a whole lot, but he went into the game, and they put him on the line there, and he's just like, man, this dude's huge in front of him. And they hiked the ball, and I'm, I am not exaggerating. I'm telling you the truth. He got hit so hard that he did like a back roll flip. He got hit backwards and landed right back up on his feet. He got, went backwards, landed right back on his feet, and then looked and took off running, and he went and helped make the tackle. Listen, and I was like, oh, my gosh. That boy just did a backflip a little like and now he landed right back on his feet and he's going and he's making the play. He's making the play. And the key right here is just like this young boy. We get hit sometimes and we get knocked backwards, but the key is we have to land on our feet. We we have to land back on our feet again. Friends, listen to me. If you've been in some battles and you've been knocked backwards for whatever reason, emotionally, physically just messed all up. Listen to me. You need to land back on your feet. You need to land back on your feet. You've been hit the key is you got to get back to your feet and keep fighting. Your family's been hit, you got to land on your feet and you got to keep fighting. Your marriage has been hit, you got to land on your feet and you got to keep fighting. Listen, we've all been hit, we've all been knocked down, we've all been knocked by, backwards, but the Bible says that the righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up again. He gets back up again. And some of you need to know this morning that are in the battle that it's time. you got to get back up again, and you got to keep fighting. How do I respond? i got to keep fighting. i got to keep fighting. There's a war, and we win. There's a war, and it's worth it because we win. You know how it's going to end? The Bible says this in the very end. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. And with justice he judges and makes war His eyes are like blazing fire And on his head are many crowns He has a name written on him That no one knows but himself He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood And his name is the word of God The armies of heaven were following him Riding on white horses We're going to be on white horses And dressed in fine linen And white and clean And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword With which to strike down the nations He will rule them with an iron sword Scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah! 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 He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Are you ready? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Nobody looking around. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Nobody looking around. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Nothing will stop him. No one will stop him. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Are you ready? or do you know that heaven is in your future? Have you made a commitment to, re- to repent of your sins and to receive Jesus Christ into your life, to be your Lord and Savior? Friend, listen to me, please. It is a war. It is not a game. And there's a battle for your soul. And the devil would love to destroy you and defeat you. But right now, you can change that whole outlook. You can surrender your life to Jesus today. Nobody looking around and you're here. And you're not exactly sure that heaven is in your future. But you want to be sure. You want to be ready. You want to be ready. And you're asking me to pray for you. Nobody looking. And you just say, Pastor, that's me. I want to make sure heaven is in my future. Would you lift your hand right now and just real, lift it up, please? God bless you, sir. Is, is there anyone else? Come on. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Come on. Come on. Come on. Be honest. Come on. It's me. I, want, I Listen, I'm not playing games. I'm in war and I want to be ready. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Ma'am, Jesus is coming soon. Sir, sir, he's, he's trying to tap you on the shoulder right now. He's saying, get ready. Live for me. Surrender. Repent. Receive me into your life to be your Lord and be your Savior. Pray with me right now. Father, I am a sinner and I need to be saved. I thank you for taking my place on the cross. You you, you went to the cross for me. You shed your blood for me. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But one day you're coming back as the Lion of Judah. And I want to be ready. I thank you for taking my place on the cross. I thank you for the empty grave. And right now I repent. I I just turn. I turn from the way I'm going in sin. And I turn to you, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness of sins. And I believe, and I put my faith in you, and I receive you into my life. I receive you. Come on, receive him right now, friend. Receive him and become a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I surrender all to you. I commit my life to you, Jesus, on this day, right right here, online, online. If you're online, ma'am, sir, whoever you are, just say, I commit my life to Jesus Christ. Today, I make that decision. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. And so I repent and I receive Christ to be my Savior and to be my Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Nobody looking around. Anybody pray that for the first time today or maybe a rededication to the Lord? Would you lift your hand high so I can see it, please, so I can pray for you? God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. Is there any others? Any others? God bless you. I want all of you to stand with me right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, let me remind you before you leave out of here today we win. We, we, we win. We win. Stay in the war. Stay in the war. Keep fighting. Keep going. We win. And here's what I want us to do if, if there's anyone here today and you, you're in a battle right now and you need special prayer and you need your faith and courage so you can just keep pressing on. As Pastor Kevin begins to sing, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We have elders and deacons here that would love to pray over you.